Welcome to the FinTech Today podcast with your host, Carlos Cabrera, where everything is unfolded from FinTech news, personalities, and stories just for you. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Carlos Cabrera for FinTech Today. Our guest doesn't need an introduction, Samuel Arms. He's very well known in the blockchain business world, and he's the president of the Florida Business Association, and also he is uh, an analyst at Hyperion Securities. He was uh, also he held a position in the U.S. Department of State, and he attended USF. Uh, he got a bachelor in economics and a bachelor of science in finance. Welcome, Samuel. I'm so excited to have you here with us. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Carlos. Tell me, what, what do you think of, of the uh, Florida blockchain ecosystem? What, uh, what do you think is the future? And uh, what are you doing with your association these days? So, you know, what's funny is actually just today, Kathleen Wood announced that she's moving to St. Pete here in Florida, and she's currently based in uh, Connecticut. So she's moving her whole operations down here. So for those who aren't familiar with Kathleen uh, Wood or Kathy Wood, uh, she was an early investor in crypto uh, and holds a bunch of Bitcoin. Um, so her moving to the St. Pete, Tampa Bay area is just like a further representation that the Florida scene is continuing to grow. I mean, so there's always been a lot of crypto here in Florida um, for a variety of reasons. And funny enough, a lot of like watershed moments have happened in Florida, like Bitcoin Pizza Day took place here in Jacksonville. Um, a lot of people believe that Satoshi maybe could have been a Floridian, whether you believe it's Craig Wright, or even if you believe it's um, uh, the Climate guy with the Climate Foundation, both based in Florida. Florida's and Ethereum, of course, launched from Florida at the North American Bitcoin conference. Um, so a lot of stuff happens here, but then uh, during 2020, during COVID, <clears throat> um, a lot of people secretly, a lot of CEOs and um, members and developers all came to Florida. And with, I think the intention of going back to where they originally came from, whether that be California, New York, but after being here for maybe three weeks, uh, they all decided, hey, I actually really like it here. I like how everything's open. I like how the regulatory environment is good. Uh, they like the environment. And so a lot of them stayed. And so really, Florida, as well as Texas, has really benefited in 2020 and 2021 um, from the influx of people moving to Florida. And it's not just Miami. I mean, it's Tampa, it's Orlando, it's Jacksonville, it's Palm Beach. So everywhere seems to kind of be benefiting. Um, even after, you know, Mayor Suarez's uh, How Can I Help campaign, which has done incredibly well. That's That was a, an excellent campaign. He definitely uh, increased uh, so much of, of the uh, Miami's profile. Do you um, have, have you yeah. heard of any plans for for that to expand to the rest of Florida, or do you think that will stay localized in Miami for the moment? I mean, I think all of Florida is going to benefit in general. I mean, you saw Celsius move to Tampa, which is like a $4.1 billion company. Um, but what made Miami unique is the mayor, right? And still, there is no other city in Florida replicating what Mayor Suarez is doing. I mean, 
Miami has its own currency, right? They have the Miami coin, which they're using to fund different projects, which I think I saw should be raising the money like $10 million as of right now. And that could, of course, expand. Um, so as far as I can see, no mayor in Florida is as forward looking as Mayor Suarez. I mean, he's just doing an incredible job um, attracting talent and attracting growth. The funny thing is, though, is Miami's pretty expensive now, right? With everybody moving in. So what's kind of happening is a lot of people are coming down, they're moving to Miami and then they're going, oh, well, now that I'm down in Florida, let me maybe look at another city because maybe Miami's too big for me or it's too expensive. Um, so the mayor is doing an incredible job for Miami, but he's having an overflow effect, I think, into the rest of Florida, which is great for everybody. That's right, definitely. That's uh places such as uh, Tampa and where you are based and uh, Jacksonville are also getting um, a lot of uh, exposure to because of, of the current flow of, of um, you know, of uh, tech companies, you know, landing into, yeah. into um, Florida. So that's excellent. And uh, do, you, do you think that nowadays there's a lot of talk about regulation? And I know you're very involved through all your activities and by your with your experience at the U.S. Uh, Department of State, do you see regulation evolving in a manner that helps, you know, the companies that we, all of us want to want to uh, see succeed, such as the startups? Do you see regulation sort of working in tandem with them, or do you think that it will, at the end, create problems for them? Um, I think it's definitely going to be the latter is what it appears. Um, so you have state regulation and you have federal regulation. And at least on the federal side, uh, the current administration, especially uh, Warren and Gensler, don't seem to uh, have the highest opinion of crypto. Um, a lot of people have said that, you know, oh, we're not going to ban it. But, you know, I think there's different strategies that could, they're going to take um to disincentivize it so one i think DeFi is going to come under heavy fire um because it's a decentralized exchange and what are the major roles of DeFi? one of the major roles of DeFi is being able to take out a loan right without any middleman and what is the general function of our whole banking uh financial institution is debt and loans through that right so I see that coming under heavy fire. I see DeFi really taking a hit, which will be interesting because like MakerDAO, I believe just dissolved their 501c3. So how they're going to target MakerDAO from a regulatory perspective, I don't know. But other DeFi projects indexes do have um, nonprofits associated with them and individuals. So maybe they go after the individual, maybe they go after the nonprofit and say they're, they're either... You know, they could call their governance token securities or they could um, they could just tell the nonprofit and any developer working on the project that they're uh, give them like a cease and desist type deal. Um, and as far as regulating Bitcoin, Bitcoin and crypto at large, probably what they're going to do is probably just some kind of heavy tax regime. I see them doing like this ESG stuff. You can imagine a scenario where they say, well, we believe Bitcoin mining is an environmental hazard. So we're going to tax you 50% of all your Bitcoin holdings each year as an environmental tax. Um, not that they actually care about the environment, but they just want to disincentivize people to hold crypto, right? Um, the infrastructure bill is obviously, uh, you know, supposed to be taxing crypto. 
um, and they're looking at drawing $84 billion um, from that tax revenue. I'm not exactly, no one's exactly entirely sure how that's going to play out. The infrastructure bill, the crypto legalese in there seems pretty terrible. Um, but it, it's kind of just like, I think they're just um, throwing darts at a board and seeing what hits. Um, you know, it's funny. There's no need. They say they have an $84 billion shortfall, but if you can just print money, that means you don't, <laughs> why are we being taxed, right? So is there really an $84 billion shortfall or was that just an excuse to tax crypto and kind of bring it under their regime? And then I saw Elizabeth Warren today talking about how we need to set up, or maybe they are setting up some kind of crypto task force to further look into uh, cryptocurrency and tracking it and trying to track, track banking transactions over $600 now, the IRS, which is definitely probably due to crypto. Um, so on the federal side, it doesn't look good. Um, it definitely doesn't look like they're all that friendly, but it doesn't mean the crypto community is going to be going anywhere or being stopped anytime soon. Right. And we'll always figure out a way around it. You, um, do you have any sort of, uh, activities to sort of mold, uh, or in some way affect, uh, the local, uh, Florida legislation in a way that's favorable? Um, to either your or your city or the whole Florida state? Yeah, so on the state level, that's primarily where I function and that's where a lot of the work I think can get done. And so, for example, this year we're targeting money transmission because in Florida we have the famous Espinosa case, which essentially says that any peer-to-peer transaction um, of Bitcoin, which is property, uh, needs a money transmitter license in order to do, which taken broadly almost sounds like if I want to sell my bicycle on Craigslist, I now need a money transmitter license, right? Which doesn't make any sense at all. So it's a pretty terrible court ruling. Um, we tried to pass a bill last year to fix that problem, and it didn't make it through the Senate, even though it did pass the House. So we're pretty confident this year that it is going to pass. We have the mayor of Miami support. We have various support in the House and Senate, and I'm pretty positive that Governor DeSantis would sign it uh, upon it passing. So uh, the state is definitely where a lot of it's going to lie. Um, states can definitely help, obviously, like trying to make money transmission laws easier. Um, where it just gets heavy is, once again, like if the federal government is going to start taxing it, the state governments can't really don't have a lot of say in that. Right. So but on a state level is where you can have a lot of influence. And then, of course, yeah, on the county level, what I think people should be doing, because the inflation rate right now, I mean, if to be believed, right, they keep messing up whatever's in the inflationary basket, right? They took food out, which has had inflation of over 40% or so. Um, I think there's different ways that you could get your local government involved, right? Um, like using Bitcoin as a reserve for your government, for your county government, or even your city government, which is what the mayor of Miami is actually looking into besides paying his employees in crypto as well. Um you know, so even small steps like that, I think, can be incredibly beneficial. For sure. And uh, how do you think the Miami Coin, uh, this movement, will will actually? Do, do you think that in the future, a lot of local, a lot, a lot of cities in Florida and, and in North America will have their own coin? Or do you see only the main cities, such as Miami, for instance, not to take anything away from the rest of Florida, but 
in terms of, of commercial activity, Miami, I would say, holds most of the of the activity. So, how do you how do you see the future um, in terms of uh, city coins and all this exciting uh, new movement that's taking place? I think it's pretty bright. I mean, if you look at the Miami coin, even small cities are going to do it because all they see is money and an extra way to get revenue. And I think the mayor of Miami immediately said that they're going to be using some of that $10 million to give to Miami police and then to look at infrastructure, right? So even if you're Tampa or you're Orlando and you only raise $1 million, well, that's $1 million that you didn't have before. And as a mayor, that's extra money that you can put to use that'll make you look better for your next election, right? Yeah. Um, and the more cities that hop on, the more cities that go, okay, that's a pretty safe idea. So the fact that Miami's done it, now other cities are going, okay, so for every year that Miami doesn't get prosecuted for doing something illegal because it's Miami coin, every year that it survives and generates more revenue, they're going to go, okay, it's a no-brainer, I should be doing that too. So I think... I would give it maybe one more year, and I think you're going to see some other major cities start hopping on. I mean, Austin, Dallas, San Diego, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York City. There's no way they're not going to hop on that trend. That's, that's great news. I, I heard uh, in, um, back in 2019 at the Miami conference, I'm sure that you also um, did hear a lot of, you know, local business people talk about it, but to see it now come to fruition is, is, uh, is something very positive that back then seemed so far and now it's a reality. So yeah, that's, that's great. And do you, do you um, in terms of, of your association and, um, and what you date, you know, every day you see, what, what uh, is a sector that holds the future in Florida in terms of blockchain? Right now, where we're seeing everything blow up is real estate and kind of this NFT real estate tokenization crossover. Um, that seems to be the biggest thing. So we just founded our real estate committee about two months ago, led by a man named John Dean Marcunas, who's based in Fort Lauderdale, um, very close to Miami and Palm Beach. And he's done an excellent job of getting all kinds of people involved in our real estate committee from all over the real estate world because blockchain and crypto touch literally every aspect of from building to transacting to secondary markets to title and title insurance, titling. Um, so I think Florida, as long as we continue to grow and kind of be that real estate capital of the US, um, I think real estate's the obvious answer. Uh, and I'm just seeing that within my own organization, uh, real estate's booming and we're having a lot of members come aboard strictly because of real estate. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. Um, you know, I keep thinking that we're in some kind of real estate bubble, but I don't know if it's a bubble that's going to burst or if maybe we're just going to see a decline in sales. Obviously prices in Florida are insane right now, but people are still moving here. Um, and there is demand and it's just that supply can't keep up. It's not like 2008 when um, we had all these houses and one person on a $45,000 a year income had three houses, you know, no, this is more like there's five people wanting to buy the same house. Um, and so it's just incredibly competitive. So definitely, I think uh, as far as Florida and blockchain goes, real estate's kind of really uh, start to take the stage. That makes per makes uh, perfect sense because 
real estate, as you say, it's so heavy and uh, the activity is nonstop from Miami yeah. all the way to wherever you go. Even in, in Tallahassee, in, 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 in cities that don't have as much uh, uh, tourism, I say, as, as the larger cities, even say Jacksonville and um, it's it's uh, makes perfect sense and uh, you know within real estate do you um, do you run into any plans right now in terms of um, there's a lot of talk in in blockchain about um, lending right do you mm. um, have you run into any any sort of projects that are being built around uh, lending for people that want to invest in real estate yeah actually I was just talking to a guy the other day and what his company specializes in is essentially um, if I have like five Bitcoin and I don't want to sell them to buy a house, I can take out a loan using my Bitcoin as collateral through this guy's company and buy the home using that, right? Uh, and then over time, pay off the loan. So I get to keep my Bitcoin and now I have a new house. Um, and that's happening pretty rapidly. Uh, so absolutely. And it's funny. I talked to that guy probably two weeks ago and there's not many of many of those companies yet, but you're going to start seeing them pop up. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's great news. Um, the only thing that comes to mind, and I'm sure that, that it will be figured out in the future, is the, the compliance factor within the traditional yep. side. Real estate is very traditional, as you know. And then uh, uh, the blockchain side, putting it together and making it work uh, but uh, that's that's something that remains to to be seen. But it's it makes perfect sense, and I'm happy to see it. And it's good that you you are seeing the same things that so far. That's what people tell me as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I think most of these people, um, I think they're doing a good job of being compliant because no one wants to go to jail, right? And a lot of them saw what happened in 2017. So. You know, a lot of them aren't going, oh, it's crypto, it's different. No, they're like, okay, if I want to be a lender, I'm going to get everything that I need to be a lender. It's just going to be lending crypto this time. Um, so I, I think a lot of these people are really taking the time to make sure on the regulatory side that they are safe. Nice. That's great. And um, in terms of, of, um, of uh, any kind of events that you have been lately, I know that you went to... Uh, some events in Orlando and uh, what, what is the current, uh, the current, anything that caught your eye in terms of uh, current uh, companies or projects that are being uh, talked about in these conferences that you go to? Yeah. So as far as events, I mean, so I went to Bitcoin 2021, which was huge. And then of course, right after that here in Orlando, we hosted our Florida Bitcoin and blockchain conference, which is strictly focused on Florida crypto companies and blockchain companies, which was a three-day awesome conference. And now we're actually hosting that again, but in November at the Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. Um, so we got the Amelie Arena, home of the lightning for a Thursday and a Friday. Um, and honestly, all the heat that I've seen company-wise has come from the real estate sector. So a lot of the people that are going to be coming and speaking and presenting at this uh, Tampa conference, November 4th and 5th are going to be in the real estate sector, which is pretty exciting. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And definitely let us know. And we'll make sure that, uh, you know, the, uh, we can um, put the word out as well, because I didn't, I wasn't aware of that event coming up. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so it'll be November 4th and 5th and I can send you any link that you want uh, to hop on board because we'd love to have you and have anyone that you want to be there. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate the invitation. Most likely I'll, I'll uh, do my best to consider it, but uh, next year when things, we have a sense of uh, normal, uh, I'll do my best to to go to these events because it's where you actually get the pulse on what's going on, as you know, out there. And, uh, and that's, that's very important. And um, in terms of, of, um, of all the, the ecosystem, do you see any sort of, you know, what, what right now concerns you in terms of, of what's coming up uh, is apart from regulation, is it as are there any other things that you see coming towards us in terms of, of projects or anything that that you know that that's self-concern that you worry about? Not really. Um, besides everything I previously mentioned regulation-wise, I mean I'm scared that NFTs might be labeled as securities, um, because a lot of them I think are securities in the formal definition, but other than that, nothing I would say scares me or worries me um, besides what we're seeing on the regulatory end. Right, right. That's, that's, uh, that's good. And um, let me know now what, what's uh, in, within your, um, this organization that you have, uh, the Florida uh, Blockchain Business Association. I see that you have, you have added, you have built up your team nicely. So tell me more about your team and the, the people that have joined you because I have seen that there's your team has grown and it's so exciting to see. Yes, I mean, I have a whole array of board members and what I call community leaders and each one of my board members is just incredible. They're all specialists in their own field. Um, you have uh, Tony Tate, who's based out of Orlando, who's like one of the largest mining operators in Florida, uh, heavily invested in real estate, uh, really up to date on practically every token um, out there uh, if he's not mining it. Um, you know, and then I have Leonard, Leonard Lopin, um, who works for Byte Federal, and he's been on there from day one. I mean, he's been one of our, our biggest uh, fans, and so is Mark, Mark from Byte Federal, um, which their company being a Bitcoin ATM company based out of Sarasota has really blown up and done well. Um, you know, who else do we got? I mean, Jason Holloway, who's uh, my current vice president, uh, he's actually running for office in Tampa Bay um, as a crypto friendly candidate. Uh, and he's been instrumental in helping a lot of our bills passed in the legislature. Um, and then let me make sure I'm not forgetting anyone else. Oh, and we just had recently Zachary Kelman, who's like a legal guru and he's our legal counsel. Um, and he's done an excellent job for us as well. Uh, just making sure that on the legal side, we're taken care of. Yeah, that's very important because nowadays, as you know, it's uh, um, with the passage of time, there's, there's always going to be, you know, you might as well cover all the bases in terms of the legal side as well. Being mm -hmm. that crypto is such a, uh, still such a young sector, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they, they, do you ever um, go to this events that uh, take place outside Florida, say the Denver uh, conference or these uh, big conferences that 
happen in New York or do you stay local in in Florida? Well, occasionally you go out of the state. I mean, I went to an event in Austin. I mean, um, not Austin. I went to an event in Dallas. Um, that was not too long ago. Uh, and then I, um, uh, I went to an event in Denver about two years ago, which was a cool, pretty cool meetup, but, um, no, I don't, I don't go out of the state too often. Most of the time I try to stay focused in here. That's good. That's good. It, uh, you know, it's, uh, makes sense. There's a lot of activity there that keeps you pretty busy. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even just in Florida with everything that's moving here, um, there's more than enough to keep me busy. Right. right, right. And uh, what are your plans for this, uh, the rest of the year and next year? Do you have any sort of um, goals for the, your uh, blockchain association and for yourself? Yeah, strictly focusing on our event, which is November 4th and 5th, and then our legislation, which is in January and February, uh, and making sure that gets passed. Those are my two big goals. Awesome. And um, yeah, that, that's something that definitely, you know, people should watch out for and we'll make sure that they find out that they um, get the word from us as well. What um, nowadays, I know that everyone has their own message right now for our listeners out there. What is your message in terms of what's coming um, to you know, about Florida and its blockchain ecosystem. Do you have anything to, um, to let them know? Yeah, I would tell everybody, I mean, if you're looking for a place that's regulatorily friendly uh, and that has a really good crypto and blockchain community and space, uh, that Florida is the place to be. Um, and so to get a house sooner rather than later before the prices triple. That's, that's good. That's a good message. Definitely the prices are... Increasing by the minute. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Samuel, I really appreciate your time. It was uh, great to have you and definitely keep us updated on what, um, you know, what uh, happens in your association and yourself. So thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it and um, all the best. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to talking to you again in the future. <laughs>